Stu Does America. We're going to work on our titles. Get 36 bucks off your annual subscription to Blaze TV Plus when you do... The code StuPlus, blazetv.com slash Stu. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel and like all of our videos. Hit the bell for notifications. We appreciate it. Steve Baker is going to be here in a bit with some updates on January 6th that I'm sure you have not heard yet from the mainstream media. Has Burgamania finally come to an end? I'll let you know if it's time to pour one out for our boy Dougie B. But we start by doing Rashida Tlaib. Uh, not not the best title work we've done, I will say, on this particular program. You'd think maybe we'd learn some lessons on how to name these shows by now, but apparently not. Um, Rashida Tlaib is in a little bit of trouble. A little bit of trouble. Republicans are mounting a new push to censor Rashida Tlaib. Now, this, they tried this already, of course, and it failed. But I will say, I think this one has a better chance of succeeding, and we'll get to why here in just a second. Uh, of course, there's the idiotic thing she's doing with trying to lie about basically all of her positions and you know things that everyone knows what they mean she's trying to deny their meaning she's trying to hide her connections i want to go through all of that here uh talib sparks democratic backlash with defense of palestinian chant there are some democrats who are actually mildly okay on this one particular issue of israel it's rare when they say things that are correct but there's a few of them that are okay and one of the things that have been a kind of a problem is people like Rashida Tlaib saying, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And you might note, the what's in between that river and sea is, you know, all the Jews. You know, that's kind of one of the issues with that particular slogan. Everyone knows what that means. At the most genteel uh, part of that particular uh, statement is, all the Jews need to move out of here because it's our land. That's the most genteel part. Um, the other part is, uh, all the Jews are going to be dead. That's basically the way. Now, when Hamas says it, that's absolutely what they mean. And what, when everybody says it, that's basically what they mean. Some might say, but they have the option to move and just give up their homeland. So I guess that's something. But Rashida Tlaib, no. She says it's something totally different. You don't understand, you see. Sure, everyone's been saying this and known what it has meant the entire time. But she has a more deep understanding. She says, from the river to the sea is an aspirational call for freedom. Oh, human rights and peaceful coexistence, which is weird. It's certainly not what people in Palestine are saying about this. Not death, destruction or hate, she says. My work in advocacy is always centered in justice and dignity for all, um, no matter faith or ethnicity. Now, I will say it is an aspirational call for something. The question is, what are you aspiring to? Seems like a world without Jews. And that's kind of a problem for you know, Jews and other people that are sane. Um, here is uh, Tlaib uh, upping the ante here. And I, I want to make sure this one's crystal clear. It's a kind of a, it's a little bit of a boring video, but let me at least show it to you uh, so you know why I think the censure efforts might get a little bit more serious because she's now just not calling out evil Republicans for being um, hate mongers. She's now calling out the president of the United States and accusing him of being complicit in genocide. Watch. We stand with Israel. You stand with this, Mr. President. How dare you? Disturbing footage of people injured in Michigan, a bunch of people chanting, pro-Palestinian slogans, California as well, Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing this. Ohio. No peace on stolen land. How exactly do you 
say that that's not well. Um, Illinois is another, uh, the occupation's gotta go. Mr. President, the American people are not with you on this one. Yeah, yeah well, Poland, they are. New York is another rally, lots of people. Innocent civilians are going to be hurt going forward. I wish I could tell you something different. I wish that that wasn't gonna happen, uh, but it is, it is going to happen. Yeah, that's I want to thank more. President Biden for his unequivocal support. Michigan, more people chanting from the river to the sea. We will remember in 2024. Joe Biden supported the genocide of the Palestinian people. Wow, the American people won't forget. Biden support a ceasefire now or don't count on us in 2024. So there you go. I mean, look, that's why this might succeed, because some Democrats may come on board. Now, what does censure really mean? It's not that big of a deal. Um, you, you, I don't know. Your feelings get hurt. I'm not sure exactly what the outcome of that is. But it is a significant thing coming from a Democratic congressman in the middle of a presidential campaign. We're less than one year away from the election. And she's saying she's going to take her people and go home because she doesn't like that, uh, you know, Joe Biden seems to be at times cheering on the side of the people who had their babies killed. Um, so I guess that's against the rules now, apparently. Um, Rashida Tlaib uh, also gave this statement. This is, let me go back into just some of the history with Rashida Tlaib. Um, she uh, released this one on Instagram right after uh, October 7th. She says she agrees for Palestinian and Palestinian first and Israeli lives lost yesterday. Well, I mean, they came across the border and killed 1,400 people and injured 3,500. Really more of an anti-Israel day. But she did say she uh, was upset about these dehumanizing conditions that can lead to resistance. And I don't know if you know this, a lot of times when there's dehumanizing uh, conditions, uh, it just forces you to rape other citizens that are completely innocent. Um, a lot of times you're just like, hey, you keep dehumanizing me, therefore I'm going to murder your grandma and stream her murder to her entire family on social media. So that's what, that's what people do. It's just, it's just an, an obvious down the, uh, you know, down the river type of uh, consequence of this type of behavior. Uh, now, of course, uh, she's been ranting about this all the time. She's the, you know, she's the only Palestinian American member of Congress, as they say. And so this is an important issue to her. She's had her mind made up for a very long time. And really, whatever happens to Jews is not going to get in the way of that. Like, that's not something that's going to interest uh, our own Rashida. Here she is blabbing um, about Israel and uh, the Gaza hospital claim, of course, now debunked. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital where children... You know what's so hard I'll sometimes bring out the tears, is watching Rashida. those Come videos and, and the people telling the kids don't cry oh, yeah. and like let them cry. Mm -hmm. And they're shaking and somebody, you know this, they keep telling them See? not to cry. She really like, means it because she's whimpering. They, do, they can cry. I can mm -hmm. cry. We all can cry. Oh. If we're not crying, something is wrong. And so I'm telling you right now, President Biden, not all America's with you on this one. And you need to wake up and understand that. It's funny because she got, went from not all Americans to uh, a lot of Americans to most Americans uh, are not with them. Like the polling shows, the, look, the people are, are overwhelmingly with Israel. Now, whether they're with the president or not on this issue is another story, because I think a lot of people who are pro-Israel see the president as kind of letting them down uh, over and over again. Uh, has not been perfect on this, though he has not been as bad as Rashida Tlaib, certainly. Uh, here's uh, Rashida once again uh, giving a direct message to Joe Biden. 
And to my president, to our president, yes, he still are. Well, hold on. I know. I hey, I want him to know, as a Palestinian American, is also somebody of Muslim faith. I'm not going to forget this. And I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a threat. It isn't. They, they think we're joking. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just going to sit back and let this just continue to happen. No. The fact of the matter is, our lives are not safe with you or the Forever Peace President. I'm talking to people that literally are like me. They literally, literally believed in this party that was supposed to be inclusive of all of our opinions and our and our views and our political stance and, and all of these things. But what is got, starting to get really, really, really clear and very loud is that somehow many of us in this room, because of our political opinions, because maybe our faith is a certain faith, maybe because our ethnicity is a certain ethnicity, that somehow we're subhuman. Hmm. Um, and one thing you can say for us, she has a beautiful speaking voice, and that's important. Um, now, I will say a lot of people are accusing uh, Rashida Tlaib of being pro-Hamas. And you know, there's no evidence to that whatsoever other than the fact that she's been supporting them for many years. That's the only thing that they have is that she's been pro-Hamas for a very long time. And other than that, what evidence do they have that she's pro-Hamas? Tlaib uh, employed Hamas activists and had extensive fundraising ties to Hamas supporters. This is from the Independent Canary Mission. They released a report uh, a little while ago after its investigation into Rashida Tlaib. The Canary Mission primarily investigates anti-Semitism on college campuses in the U.S. and North America. So this is something you may not have heard of, and I want to go through some of this, because you might not know that there's someone in our Congress who has direct ties to Hamas. Does that bother you at all? Is that interesting to you at all? I don't know. Maybe it's not. Um, here is the report. This is from uh, the Canary Mission, and this is uh, what it looks like. It's available to everybody online, including everyone in the media. They could read this at any time and report on it. That's, uh, that's something that's possible for them to do. Canary Mission can confirm that Rashida Tlaib has extensive fundraising ties to Hamas supporters. She employed no less than three Hamas-linked activists who fundraised for her during the 2018 election campaign, one of whom spent eight months in prison for his alleged connection to Hamas. The three fundraisers named were Salah Sarsour, Rafiq Jaber, and uh, something, Hamael, I don't know how to pronounce the name, Sarsour, who was jailed for being connected with Hamas in 1995, co-hosted an event with Tlaib in 2018. How many events have you co-hosted with someone who is uh, connected to Hamas to the level that they would be thrown in prison for eight months? Have you had any? Can you, was there two last week for you? Three? I mean, how many were there? A lot? Is this common for you? Is this common for anyone you've ever met in your entire life? Do you know anyone with one connection to, to Hamas? Personally, do you know one? She knows more than one. Jaber is also apparently admitted to helping distribute Hamas's propaganda in the United States. In 2003, he testified that he directed two Hamas front groups to promote the Holy Land Foundation, which you may remember from a particular terrorist uh, trial, in every way we can, and admitted to distributing pro-martyrdom materials that celebrated the killing of Jews. How many people do you deal with on a daily basis that advocate the killing of Jews? I don't know, maybe even watching local protests and seeing more faces than you thought you would, but still probably not all that common in your life. Yet this just keeps happening to Rashida Tlaib over and over and over and over again. Gosh darn it. 
What are the odds? Uh, the final of the three fundraiser has worked with multiple Hamas-linked organizations in the United States, all of which are now defunct. He worked as a re representative for the group Kind Hearts for Charitable Humanitarian Development. That doesn't sound like Hamas at all, but it was dissolved in 2011 after the U.S. Department of Treasury found that they were funneling funds back to Hamas. How many people do you work with that have been funneling funds back to Hamas? A lot? 40% of the people you work with? 50? What's the number? Is it 0%? Because I think for most people, it's 0%, but not for Rashida Tlaib, it's not 0%. Fascinating that this happens to her over and over again. Tlaib additionally used a pro-terror Facebook page, USA, to raise funds for her 2018 congressional campaign. Huh. What type of person would you be looking to attract if you went to a pro-terrorism Facebook page to try to raise funds? Who do you think your voters are? Hmm. How many times have you raised funds from an organization tied to Hamas? A lot? How, more than a dozen? How many? Hmm. The Tlaib gave the founder of PAC-USA the position of chairman of the finance committee for Rashida Tlaib for Congress. He used it to promote 12 fundraisers in eight states entirely with her support. In 2015, Tlaib co-founded the Detroit-based anti-American, anti-Israel, and pro-terror hate group, Black for Palestine. A co-founder used the group to conduct activism with members of the Marxist-Leninist Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, the, and of course you know it as PFLP, which is a designated as a foreign terrorist organization. How many times has that happened to you? I mean, probably a lot, right? Probably a lot. This is who this person is. And you should expect everything that she's doing to occur. She is someone who supports Hamas and has hired multiple people and worked with multiple organizations that have also supported Hamas. Is that commonplace? I mean, I will say I look at college campuses these days and maybe it is. I don't know. I thought it was pretty rare. I couldn't tell you how to find a person who had uh, connections with Hamas. I wouldn't know where to start, other than apparently Washington, D.C. Amazing. Now look, I wouldn't want to hire anybody who supported Hamas. I, zero people, zero percent of the people I would want to hire would uh, support Hamas. But I will say, you know, I also wouldn't want to hire someone who said, you know what, the Israelis really need to ramp up their game. They need to start raping the civilians on the other side. I wouldn't want that person working for me either. The, the, the hardcore violence of the story sort of overwhelms what, what side of this particular debate you happen to be on. Now, there, there are voices from all over the world that are speaking out on this. Uh, Jordan's queen, Rania, Rania has been uh, saying pro-Palestinian does not equal being anti-Semitic. And, you know, this is what she looks like. I mean, she's pretty, so we have a picture of her. And I guess, I don't know, uh, I, I, of course, this is true, right? You can be critical of Israel. You can even say that you think the Palestinians are getting a raw deal uh, in some ways. Um, but what you can't really say with any credibility is that you don't respond when you know, thousands and thousands of your people are murdered. Again, when you, when you extrapolate this to the United States population, you're talking about an attack that kills 50,000 people. And not just like 50,000 people where a bomb drops on a big apartment complex. I'm talking 50,000 people killed hand to hand, person by person, through torturous means. Over and over and over again, children, women, mothers. I mean, the details are so horrific. And it's one of these weird things where 
you need to know the details because if you don't know the details, then you're not going to know what the truth is because right now the media is lying to you and they're just not going to give you the details. They're just going to give you numbers. They're going to say, oh, well, this many thousands of people killed and this many thousands of people, Hamas says, are killed on the other side. Well, one number is higher than the other. We have to believe Hamas, right? Well, the details are so gory and so terrible that it is something that you need to know unless you have your mind made up already, unless you happen to already know what the right side of this uh, argument is. Uh, and you look at this and you say, well, look, I mean, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, and I've said this before, I don't even see the other side on this one. I do see the other side. Of course, you don't want civilians to be killed. We all know the reasons they're being killed, of course, because Hamas is not even letting them leave. But beyond all of that, war, we all know casualties in war. I am very confident that we killed a lot of innocent civilians in World War II. Also really confident in our position on that one. Hardcore, feel pretty good about it. Feel pretty good about being anti-Nazi. I know, I know, it's weird. And I will say, again, looking at college campuses, I'm not sure how popular my viewpoint of being anti-Nazi and anti-Hitler is these days. Maybe it's not as popular as I think it is, but I'm going to stand by it whether it's popular or not. Not all attractive people are as insane as uh, the Queen. Uh, Gal Gadot plans to organize a screening of IDF footage depicting Hamas atrocities on Israeli civilians. And I guess we get to show a picture of her, too, because she's pretty. This all goes back to not just, of course, people like Rashida Tlaib, but also what's going on in the media right now. And the media is being so horrible on this. And they went, they had like a day and a half of, hey, we feel bad for Israel, to, you know, both sides are kind of going at this. Who knows who's right and who's wrong, to Israel's awful. In what, a week and a half? 15 days? I don't know what it was. It was very quickly. An elderly Jewish man dies after confrontation with pro-Palestinian protester at California rally. While true, an elderly Jewish man did die after a confrontation, it's important to note that it was because of the confrontation. He was, he, they're classifying this as a homicide, but you wouldn't know that from so many of the headlines that came out of the media over the past 24 hours. Jewish man dies after confrontation with pro-Palestinian protesters. Okay, well, he had a confrontation. Maybe you can kind of uh, read out what, what actually occurred. How about this one? Jew, this is CNN. Jewish man dies after suffering head injury. Well, what happened? Did a brick fall out of the sky? Wow, he, had a, he just suffered a head injury. And, uh, and it was at pro-Israeli and pro-Palestinian demonstrations in California. So they gave you the location of what happened, and they told you he had a head injury. But what caused the head injury? Kind of an important detail in a story like this. Jewish man dies from injuries suffered at South Car uh, Southern California-Israel-Palestine rally. Uh, did he trip? Did he get hit by a car? Did a spaceship come out from outer space and land on his noggin? What happened? Why, why did he die? Elderly Jewish man fatally injured at pro-Palestinian rally. Oh, well, how? How did this occur? I love this one. Jewish man dies after altercation at dueling protests in California. It's kind of both sides. They're both sides were protesting there. Jewish man happened to die after the altercation. Uh, amazing. Or this one might be the best of them all. Uh, give credit to NBC News. Man dies after hitting head. He hit his head. Oh, your little baby hurt his noggin. Man dies after hitting head during Palestinian and Israel rallies in California, officials say. Witnesses say Paul Kessler was in a confrontation with protesters Sunday and fell and struck his head. He just fell. Gosh, that's what a terrible, 
terrible thing to happen. The man just fell. They did eventually update that one to Jewish man killed in altercation at dueling pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian rallies in California. But I don't think that's how we describe these things. Is this how we describe it? Someone gets uh, attacked, a homicide occurs, a man bleeds out on the ground in front of a bunch of other people. And the way we summarize that is he fell. Is that what happened on September 11th? Did we say buildings fall? Oh, guys, I'm sorry. A bunch of buildings fell. Uh, Daily News. Fallen buildings disrupt New York City morning commute. Is that how we cover 9-11? I mean, I think that's how we'd cover it today. Give them two days of mourning and all of a sudden be saying, I don't know what happened. A bunch of buildings fell down the street. Who knows how it occurred? Probably some Islamophobic attack. tell you about Bespoke Post. They've got the Box of Awesome. Now, Box of Awesome is filled with carefully chosen gear from the best small brands around the world. Um, I just got a box here. This one's awesome. Look, look at all the stuff they give you. They just load you up. Um, one of the things in here, and they got tons of other stuff in here as well, uh, but this is really cool. This is a blanket. Uh, it is for, like, they say it's for uh, maybe your camping, maybe your backpacking, or maybe game day, which is, of course, you know, I, I'm not much of an outdoorsman, uh, so that. But this is a blanket. It's an awesome blanket. But it also has little hand. You hold your, put your little hands in the slots, and your little feetsies. You put your feetsies right in the slot, and it keeps your feet warm. This is a brilliant invention. It's one of the many things you get from your box of awesome from uh, boxofawesome.com. You go there, you take the quiz, and your answers help you pick the right box of awesome for you. Each box is valued at about 70 bucks, which you only pay a fraction of that price. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month anytime. They make it super easy and customizable. And you get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. If you enter the code Stu, you must enter the code Stu to get that deal. Boxofawesome.com. The code is Stu for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com from Bespoke Post. I'm going to bring in Steve Baker, an investigative journalist right here at Blaze Media and uh, doing a great job covering all the craziness when it comes around the January 6th stuff. Steve, how's it going? Hey, I'm good, Stu. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I, I don't know where to start here. Let, let, let's start with the Speaker of the House. Uh, let's start there. All right. Uh, Mike Johnson, uh, who is now in uh, after a very long and strange road to that particular office. Uh, he's in there and, you know, there's high hopes for for uh, Johnson. Hopefully he's going to do a, do a good job. One of the things that's interesting about this, and it was one of the reasons why I was, you know, I, I was upset about some of the things that happened around the switchover from McCarthy to Johnson was that there was real progress being made by getting all of this footage of January 6th so that people could see actually what happened and also to see what happened to these people who were charged with crime, some of them in prison already, that didn't even have these videos to defend themselves. You have been, uh, been shining a light on this for a long time to make sure these people have what should have been their day in court. Um, where does that effort stand for us to be able to actually see these videos? Well, I'll start out by saying just an hour ago, um, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, was on the steps of the Capitol out here leading a prayer for Israel. And so, uh, you know, uh, once again, something he's doing positive and something that we're happy to see him engaged in, as opposed to what the other side is doing here in D.C. right now. But when it comes to the videos, he has been on the record as saying that he is going to release those. Now, 
not only is he on the record of saying it, but our sources actually tell us that this could be coming pretty soon. I, you know, obviously can't reveal sources, but I will tell you that one just told me a week or so ago that they could be up on a public server in as little as a month. Wow. So this is, uh, and this would be, do we think all the videos? What do we think is going to be released? I, I don't think that we'll ever see all of them because there's going to be a battle royale with the Capitol Police over the release of these videos, particularly sensitive areas of the Capitol. Uh, there have been roughly 650 cameras of CCTV cameras made that were made available to the defense teams. And then in addition to that, uh, there's another 1,700 plus cameras uh, throughout the entire complex. And so with that in mind, uh, there's it's not it doesn't sound uh, very good. It sounds rather nefarious that they didn't release all of those cameras to the defense teams. But it's really not. The fact is, is that most of those cameras are in the halls that no protesters went into. They're in uh, parts of the complex where nobody was doing anything. And so they weren't really important cameras. Why I found interest in those cameras that were not introduced into uh, evidence was because of what I knew had taken place and what I suspected did from being in the Oath Keepers trial myself and then watching uh, the testimonies and then doubting those testimonies and then beginning the investigative process, which led me to go straight to those cameras when I got to the Capitol CCTV viewing room and was able to find David Lazarus, uh, in fact, not where he said that he was in trial testimony. Yeah, I mean, am I being oversensitive here? I mean, I know they shouldn't uh, release every single video. Many of them are completely um, uninteresting to the whole process. But, you know, you point out the Lazarus video came from a video that was not released uh, to, to these attorneys. Uh, people right. went to prison and they didn't have a chance to defend themselves. And look, there's a lot of stuff that I don't didn't like that happened on, on, that, on January 6th. But like people should be able to present their defense in court. I mean, they should be able to get the evidence they need to make their defense. That's right. And and despite the fact that these some of these videos were are, are classified as highly sensitive or sensitive uh, in, in terms of their location in the Capitol or who was in them. Obviously, when we finally are able to release the videos of Lazarus, and we did make a submission today uh, to uh, Loudermilk's uh, staff in order to finally show the videos and not just the stills that we have showed uh, last week. But we also, um, in that submission, we had to blur out all of the Congress members. Uh, we had to blur the faces of the other Capitol Police officers that were are not part of the story. So that is uh, an extra step that we're having to take before we can get approval to, to release those. But when we start talking about that massive amount of 41,000 hours uh, worth of uh, video from the sixth. I, I can't imagine how much work will have to go into that if they decided to release all of that and then have to doctor so many uh, miles and miles of videotape. Yeah, it certainly is a, a heavy lift. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you've been doing a lot of uh, work on this. I know you have a new story coming out. I don't know exactly when, pretty soon. Can you kind of give us a preview as to of what you've uncovered? Yeah, well, we are doing part two of our series on Harry Dunn, Officer Harry Dunn. He's a guy that, you know, was made to be the hero of the day. He has received Congressional Medal, Presidential Medal. He got his book deal. His book came out uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
And so we started off by uh, dismantling part of the reason why he became a hero and became a national figure, which was this story that he told about being chanted uh, at having the N word chanted at him uh, 20, 40, 50 times in his own words, uh, or by 20, 40, 50 people rather. And that, that just didn't happen in the most uh, videoed event in the history of the world. Probably there's not a single second of that ever taking place during his time in the Capitol. And then uh, there's some other uh, frightening aspects of his behavior that day. He has had a long history of uh, psychotherapies uh, related to his anger issues, related to irrationality. And these are all confessions that he makes in his own book. And so we happen to have film video, not even from uh, the, my time in the video room, but this is open source video that we have that has been presented in trials of him uh, misbehaving, losing, losing his temper, uh, losing and stepping outside of his training, not de-escalating, but in fact, um, riling people up to the point where other officers actually, actually have to either come and calm him down or take him away from the scene and protect, literally protect um, uh, protesters from him. So what's the reasoning for this? Is it just that they had a narrative, they want to stick by that narrative, they don't want to admit that the story that the media has been repeating for a while is wrong? Why are they protecting, you know, an officer or an agent that you know, didn't tell the truth in a trial? I mean, that, that should be something they're very concerned about. It should be, but he was, uh, he became the media's darling early on when he told that story about the racial epithets and abuse that he allegedly took on. And he also claims that other officers were being racially abused as well, although no other officers have come forward with those stories. And in fact, the ones that we have interviewed, even the black officers have said, no, didn't happen to us. Didn't, and the, that day wasn't about race. Uh, and then in addition to that, um, after, after becoming the media darling, because he he had the right narrative uh, for for the mainstream media and for the the, the 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 preferred narrative of what happened that day that this was an attack on the Capitol by a bunch of white supremacists and that sort of thing. So this played right into their narrative, and that's why he was elevated. Now, now that he's elevated, now that he's done hundreds and hundreds of interviews and got his book deal and uh, such as that. Um, they're they're going to circle wagons around him, and they're probably going to do everything they can to um, uh, protect him, protecting from these stories. They're certainly in, uh, embargoing our, our our series right now. The MSM is not touching this, and so yeah. um, I don't think I don't think that they're going to be able to to avoid it for very long because I think we're going to get um, congressional hearings out of this as well as some other things that we're working on. It's really interesting because they didn't, there wasn't the typical pushback where they would say, oh, well, actually, uh, what, they sh what they're telling you isn't true or they, they're just, you know, they're pushing the truth too far. That's not really what happened. They just ran away from the story completely, which kind of tells you, uh, you know, what the evidence is. Um, you also, Steve, they were coming after you as well when it comes to January 6th. You've had a personal connection uh, to the story. Where does that stand right now? Uh, right now, they're in. Um, <laughs> well, they have just basically gone dark or gone silent, which is great, you know. For me, no news is good news on that front. Uh, but it's it was a twenty month gap from the first time that they told me that they were going to charge me for um, what you know performing the act of journalism here at the uh, Capitol on January 6, 2021. And then um, it's been several weeks yet again since they have uh, 
once again step forward with a grand jury subpoena, that sort of thing, uh, for all of my work. And then uh, they've gone silent again. So we have no idea where they are. Hmm. Um, and I, I, I talked about what happened to you personally. Let me tell you about my personal, my personal hang-up on this particular story. Is the actor Jay Johnston. Jay Johnston was at this uh, at January 6th. Um, he was there. There are pictures of him. Everyone knows he was there. He was charged. I have. And here he is. You can see a picture of him. If you don't know who he is, he I love him from uh, Mr. Show. I'm a huge fan of him and he's fantastic. And the fact that he, you know, was there that day um, is not there's no debate about that. He was. But he has been charged with a crime. Let me just give you a couple of the details of this, because I am asking you, Steve, as a personal favor to me to find the video of what this guy actually did. Because if he went out and he beat the crap out of some police officer, I want him in prison. Okay, I don't I don't I mean, I love the guy, but I want him in prison if he did something really wrong. But what it was reported when when they came to this was that he um, assisted other rioters by pouring water over their eyes after they had been sprayed. That is one of the things they said he did. The other thing that they said he did was that he, hold on, let me give you the quote. I had to bring it up on my phone because the quote is so ridiculous. Several members of the crowd joined together to push against police in a concerted movement. Johnston participated in this concerted movement and pushed along with other rioters for several seconds. Several seconds. I want to know if he actually did anything because I, I suspect he was there. He was maybe probably was assisting uh, people who got pepper sprayed. Is that a crime I, that I'm unaware of? Like, please help me find this video, Steve Baker. Well, I will tell you that that video is available. It is open source video, and that will be easy for me to put together a reel for you and get it to you. Oh, my gosh, this is incredible. So you've seen what they've charged him with here. This is even on the, the yes. hidden stuff. I mean, is this guy a guy that should be thrown in prison for multiple years? Am I letting my love of one of his shows get in the way of, of justice? I will tell you that he was where he shouldn't have been. He was participating in activities he should have not been participating in. He was, in fact, at the front of that line and got up into the officer's face. And if you make contact with those officers in a shoving or pushing motion, you have uh, you have set yourself up for a felony charge now. We've seen so much worse than that from other types of protests here in this city in which they were not charged with felonies. <laughs> yes. Or if they were, their charges were dropped. They're not being dropped here uh, when it is in relation to January 6th defendants. Mm, that'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. And I can't wait to see the video. Steve Baker, investigative journalist uh, and Blaze Media contributor. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the program and sticking with this over this long uh, period of time. I know you've been fighting to find the truth here, and it's very much appreciated by not only me, but everybody in America. Hey, thanks, Steve. We don't spend, you know, year, months and months leading up to them, but off-year elections are important. They do have important consequences. There's a bunch going on today. Uh, if you are in one of the states where something's going on, make sure to go out and vote. Um, biggest races to watch, of course, you've got Kentucky. The governor race is going on there. Should be something that a Republican can win pretty easily. However, there's a pretty popular a Democratic governor there, Bashir. Um, he's sort of running this thing where he's saying, well... You know, I support a lot of things and sure they happen to sound like Joe Biden's policies, but I'm not going to say the name Joe Biden. And what if I do that? Maybe you won't associate me with him who you all hate. 
that's sort of his approach here. I mean, look, a bunch of Republicans tried that in blue states as well uh, with Trump. They just said, oh, I know you don't like Trump, so don't think of me that way. Just think of me the guy who's pushing for all of his policies. Uh, so that's going on. And then you have uh, Ohio, probably the other big one. I don't think we're going to get good news in either of these races necessarily, but Ohio has um, a situation where they're doing um, an abortion thing, which will make Ohio basically like, you know, uh, abortion policy designed by NARAL. It's like legitimately would make them one of the most pro-abortion states in the union. And of course, this is a red state, but they've done a lot of work to try to fool people into uh, as to what this uh, amendment will actually do. And it's up to the people in Ohio to figure out what they're doing. I don't know that they will. I mean, I think a lot of people will. You probably will if you're in Ohio. But a lot of people won't, and that's unfortunate. Now, of course, tomorrow night, um, i got so much going on. I'm going to be on Pat Gray Unleashed in the morning. going to be a lot of fun. going to be on uh, with Megyn Kelly uh, after the radio show talking about the debate and politics and a bunch of other stuff. And then we're going to be doing some coverage on YouTube as well. Go to youtube.com slash America. Follow the page and click the bell for notifications. You'll know when we go live. We'll go live probably before the debate and, and you know, almost definitely after the debate to kind of give a, a review of what's going on. Five candidates have qualified. We're going to lose, of course, Mike Pence, who's dropped out of the race, and Doug Bergamentum. Bergamania is slowing uh, noticeably. He is not going to make the debate as well. You'll get five, which, of course, is Chris Christie, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Ramaswamy and Tim Scott. No, President Trump. Of course, he mostly qualified for that. He didn't sign the pledge, so technically he didn't. But uh, in theory, he uh, would have qualified if he wanted to show up. Uh, now, they sent the standards for the next debate, the fourth one. This is going to be coming up in, on December 6th in Alabama. Uh, the threshold is 6% in two national polls or 6% in one early state po polls, um, including Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. Uh, so from 4 to 6%, there's also a bunch of, um, you know, frankly, a bunch of nonsense with donors, which anybody can get the amount of donors we're talking about, so it's not really all that important. Another big endorsement came down uh, just the other day. Kim Reynolds has uh, decided she's going to uh, endorse Ron DeSantis. Now, Kim Reynolds is an important figure, of course, in this race. She's uh, The first race is Iowa. She's a very popular governor among conservatives in Iowa. Her word does mean something there. She's done a very good job on a bunch of different issues. We've talked about uh, her record before. So it's a big score for Ron DeSantis. Not a huge surprise in that there's been some back and forth between um, Reynolds and Trump before. Trump doesn't seem to like her, and of course now doesn't like her because she endorsed Ron DeSantis. If she endorsed Donald Trump, he would like her. That's, you know, that's kind of the way Donald Trump operates. Uh, but DeSantis gets this big coup of a of a endorsement. We will see if it leads to something in Iowa or if it's just another endorsement in the pile. A lot of people get a lot of endorsements. This one, though, is supposed to be one of the big ones, and people were waiting to see how that would turn out. Uh, it is going to Ron DeSantis. Now, Iowa's a nice state, especially when it's warm outside. Uh, you know, it's like it's it's beautiful country. You get kind of cool things going on there. I will say, having gone there for the Iowa caucuses before in January, no thank you. It's way too freaking cold there. It's, it's incredible. It's some of the coldest times I've ever been in my entire life in Iowa. And I will say, uh, people think that Michelle Obama's going to run for president. Now nah, she has to campaign in Iowa in the winter. She's not. Anyway, long story short here, realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to move into Iowa... 
You want to be voting in these primaries, or caucuses technically in Iowa? Or maybe you want to move out of Iowa because it's too freaking cold. Wait till after January, then come to visit Texas. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find a real estate agent in Iowa or Texas or anywhere else in the country. It's a free service to you, and it will help you find the best agent to get through a big transaction, one of the biggest financial transactions you'll ever participate in. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the person for you. The name kind of says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. The left is going after Mike Johnson in an interesting and innovative way, I suppose. Uh, he, uh, this is their headline from Rolling Stone. Mike Johnson admits he and his son monitor each other's porn intake in resurfaced video. Now, that's kind of strange in some way. I mean, they're, I guess they're, I mean, what would you get? What's the impression you get from that? They're both watching porn and they look at what type of porn the other is watching. I mean, that's Kind of strange, right? Of course, also not actually what's happening at all, as you may have guessed. Um, what they are talking about is um, Covenant Eyes. This is a this is a software and kind of a program, um, if, if I'm understanding it exactly right. But basically, the idea is you have an accountability partner. So, like if if you happen to have an issue with uh, something like that, you have you basically are. are going to show everything you search for and every website you go to to another person who's going to bust on you and come after you if you go to a bad website. It's not necessarily always porn either. It can be a bunch of different stuff. If you're too into social media, if you're going to, you know, uh, you know there's all sorts of sites on the Internet. God only knows. Um, but it has been commonly used for porn. Now, who knows? This might be a dad saying, hey, my son's had this issue. We're trying to make sure that doesn't start. Uh, again, or maybe it's just my son's never had this issue, but we don't want it to begin. Who knows what the story is? But it's not like they—they they make it sound like they're having porn parties. Like Mike Johnson's just hanging out with his kids, watching porn, and just like giving each other ratings and reviews. It's like the Yelp of porn. I, I don't think that's what's going on here, um, and it's particularly disturbing coming from the party who had a nominee or a candidate for president, John Hickenlooper, that took his mom to Deep Throat. That's a real thing. That's not me just saying it. That is a real thing. John Hickenlooper, when he was 18 years old, took his mom to a movie theater to watch Deep Throat with him. That's real. You can look it up. It's on the internet, and that means it's true. But no, this one actually is true. He's admitted it. Um, I guess he didn't really, he says he didn't really understand. Uh, how could one understand that Deep Throat was, was a risque movie? Who knows? But they stayed for the entire thing, and that is real. So we all remember the horrific wildfires in Maui and Joe Biden's equally horrific response. Well, we have a new documentary from Blaze Media. Uh, it's part of the Blaze Originals series. And let me give you a preview because it's about Maui. 911, they blocked off all the exits. My car's on fire at the bypass. The deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. The story didn't end with the wildfire. It started with it. 911 emergency may help you. Is there an evacuation order? And if you have to evacuate, where the f are we supposed to go? I can't believe this. I can see the powers that be wanting to just erase everything. Could it be that there are nefarious interests that wanted Lahaina to go away? This would be a interesting investigative lead.
amazing that this is actually going on. It's part of Blaze Originals and it's going to be exclusive to Blaze TV subscribers. If you haven't already signed up to Blaze TV, go to blazetv.com slash stew. Uh, if you use the code stew plus, you can save 36 bucks off your subscription. The episode is called What Really Happened in Maui. Uh, can't wait to see it. Uh, check it out. Your annual subscription, 36 bucks off right now at blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew plus. There's going to be a bunch of these documentaries. You're really going to like them. BlazeTV.com slash stew. Code is stew plus.